0: You are my new Romeo and Juliet. No, no, no. no. We don't kiss at the first rehearsal. No making out at this stage.
1: I'm milling a bat with Douglas Hodge, and he is starring in a grand romantic gesture. Hi, Douglas. Hello. I'm staying at this motel. There you are.
0: Oh, with would stay with me. (laughs) That's where I hook up. (laughs) This,
1: This film, I have to tell you right off the bat, Never have I seen a better drunken performance than Leonardo DiCaprio in A Wolf of Wall Street. Do you remember him in that scene where he did? The, he was on Quaaludes and he was crying? Yeah,
0: yeah. Not just drunk, everything.
1: Everything. Well, you topped it. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Well, it's just pure research and uh, you know method acting. Now it's funny because I've been doing uh, this series called The Great and yes. uh, playing, you know, uh, an alcoholic essentially. And um, there's more or less no scene in which he's, you know, sober. Um, so, and it's uh, it's interesting because I did this film before all that happened. And then since then, I've been more or less completely uh, intoxicated <laughs> at various levels of drunkenness. But um, yeah, great fun, that scene, yes.
1: So, I mean, how did you, navigated how did you choreograph it sort of take me through that
0: the drunkenness
1: yeah
0: well it's just acting I think uh, my my thing about acting drunk is that um, you try to be as specific as possible so that um, you think that drunkenness is that everything's blurred and 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 indi- un, you know indistinct but actually you're trying to do to speak very clearly and walk absolutely in a straight line. And so everything you're trying to do, you're trying to do as specific as possible. So you see what it means. So the more minutely worried you become about everything because it's very hard to grab all these things into yourself. So I think that's the uh, that's what they would call the action that you're playing to try and uh, to to achieve that, yeah.
1: But everything, not just your, not just your uh, words, your facial expressions, falling over the balloons. I mean, guys, you have to see this film just Thank for you. those moments. They're classic.
0: It's all horribly familiar. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell me how you got into this 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 part. What attracted you to it?
0: Joan, the director, uh, I've already made a film with her. She, uh, she's quite a remarkable uh, artist, I would say, living in Canada, making almost a film a year, always with women to the forefront, always the leads are their women's stories um, of all ages, too, and all looks and types. And she, uh, she is particular very particular sense of humor. She writes maybe a script a year or every two years. They Then her own company produces, uh, they put these films on. And almost regardless of uh, critical reception, she is just making what she believes in and what she's interested in. And it's, it's a pretty fabulous way to live your life, really. Um, they almost always shoot with the same crew. So there's a sort of feeling that it's a little bit like, you know, I've done an enormous amount of theatre. So there is an ensemble feel to it that you're working with people who are familiar. Um, She has a group of actors that she keeps coming back to. She loves um, British actors, which is of course useful for me. Um, And so I initially, uh, she contacted me and said, okay, I've written this part for a homeless sort of idiot. And I thought immediately of you and, I went up to Sault Ste. Marie, which is, you know, the other, the Canadian side of um, the upper peninsula, I suppose. And there she employs local people in the crew, too. It's a pretty fabulous setup she has. She's very, very clear, very funny and very specific in her thinking and and sort of undaunted by, um, I don't know, the, the, you know, the terrorism making a film. Anyway, I had a wonderful time making that film, falling downstairs and, you um, and being sort of hopeless in it. I play as sort of hopeless. In fact, he gets drunk too. So maybe that's where, and then uh, she said, don't worry, I've got a cleaned up version where he's much more intelligent, but he's still drunk. Um, And then she offered me that film and I'd had such a wonderful time. It's very compact. You go up to Canada, they put you up. I knew it was more or less the same crew. Uh, I knew her very well by then. And, um, and I really like working with her. So, um, and I admire the, you know, just each year she's... This year she's written a film about adultery. You know, this film is essentially about adultery from a very honest point of view, but it's still gently funny uh, and sort of horribly familiar and rather honest. And she's just making these pieces of work. And... Um, there's not many people who can do that. They can make one film or they don't make a second and a third and a fourth. And she is making a body of work. So uh, it was, uh, you know, I like to be involved in that sort of endeavor.
1: Well, uh, you talk about doing a lot of theater and of course the backdrop of this is Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. So, so do you remember the first time you did Romeo and Juliet?
0: I do, I've played Romeo three times. Um, but the first time I was at RADA and uh, RADA, you know, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art where I trained and they had this one term which was particularly terrifying where you, and you there you, you are only, I think 22 or 23 people in your year, in your term. It's a very, very sort of elite sort of group. Anyway, you're split into two groups and uh, you're given a play and then you're told to develop it and you take it around schools into their gymnasiums and into their, and it's, you know, if you had any, you know, thoughts that you were above anything like that, it certainly sorts you out. And I was playing Romeo and, you know, Serify. We went into these tiny little schools, the gymnasiums and all the kids, you know, thinking they'd take the piss out of us. And um, and we really fought to, to hold their attention. And then years later, I was playing it at the Birmingham Rep, which is a 3,000-seater theatre. And still two enormous days, uh, you know, of groups of schoolchildren coming to see the play. But, um, yeah, so I do love the play. And also the play opens with Hamlet, uh, which is another part I played in my 20s. And I sort of, when I played it, I thought, well, all I need to do really is just keep playing Hamlet for the rest of my life. i am be happy to just do that. And I will never, ever quite get to that you know, how I want it to be. Um, so it was nice to revisit all that verse. And I miss Shakespeare. I miss that sort of verse speaking and I'm very easy with it. And it's very much a part of my life and my fabric. I've always been involved in Shakespeare. You know, I've done more or less all the Shakespeare uh, canon, you know, at some point in my career. So um, it was it was lovely and easy and delightful to go back to.
1: Now, Douglas, you are the recipient of Toto. I made this up. You're a Tony winner, a Olivier winner, a Drama Desk winner, and an outer circles, cr- an outer critic circle winner. Get it, To-do.
0: I see. Well, you could have called me <laughs> waiting for Oddo or something like that. You could, or doot, or tood. Yes, todo. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, um, yeah. I've got some other prizes too, but I don't think they come into don't spell anything nice. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We're and The Great is up for Best Ensemble for the SAG Awards this next week. We're all, we're all being flown to L.A., which is, of course, under the pandemic. I'm waiting for it to be canceled at any minute.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes, that's right. I have I've, I've, I've five Olivier nominations. So I, it took me five goes to win once, <laughs> <laughs> which is not a very good you know, strike record.
1: So what do you make of what's going to happen with Broadway? I think,
0: yeah, well, I mean, I'm more worried about West End. The English theatre isn't supported as well as Broadway is, as not as rich, and it doesn't have the resources that the government have been putting behind Broadway here. I mean, I, you know, for the first time ever, I've sort of contemplated, for the first time in 2000 years, I think, oh, what's, can we have, do we need theatre? You know, does theatre not exist? But it is here, Uh, I I do think we will come out of it. I mean, I think these things do finish in the end and I think there's such resilience, just the way, you know, you go and eat on the street in some little shed, you know, there's there's ways. But I think it has concentrated people's minds, Um, the theatres need to be better ventilated, you know, Um, people need to feel safe but I, there's nothing for, like that sort of communion i don't think even going to the cinema of of a of a whole room of people laughing at a film you know than than just sitting at home uh, of course we've all got very used to streaming everything and and sitting in our in our little boxes and and i'm sure the world is becoming more and more remote you know i think I think pretty, you know, maybe in a hundred years time or less people will do everything remotely, really, you know, um, including yeah. sex and, uh, you know, I mean, everything, uh, you won't really need to leave your little bubble, but uh, there's something about the communion of live theater, which changes the way I act every night and, and you know, is changed by the audience that's there that I really, really, you know, think will survive. And there's a sort of necessity really.
1: Well, talk uh, so. about not leaving your bubble. I. If it was up to me, I would never leave my bubble.
0: Right. No. <laughs> I course. love
1: television. I am enjoying the second season of The Great so, so much. And I and it's so ironic because your co-star in a grand romantic gesture, Gina McKee, was actually in Catherine the Great. It's of course she was.
0: Of course she was with Helen Mirren. That's right. Yeah, that's a very, very different take on the story. No, I don't think that. I'm not sure that ever came up. I know Gina uh, from working in the theatre, and uh, we were both sort of Pinter aficionados. Harold Pinter. I did, you know, in like ten years of of Harold's work, really. And uh, at various points, um, we sort of, you know, coincided. So I know her from that circle. But no, we didn't ever talk about. Them. Our take on Catherine the Great is rather different than the, than theirs. I think. But um, yeah. Helen Mirren's pretty sexy, uh, Catherine the Great, though, it has to be said.
1: Tell me about it. Oh, boy. (laughs) And Elle Fanning, she's no chopped liver.
0: Elle Fanning is just a miracle. She's just a gorgeous, roaring laughter, fantastic sense of humor. Her and Nicholas Holt, you know, it's quite interesting when 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 you're in a series, and I very rarely have done television series, but if the two leads are... They're on time, know all their lines, completely humble, very, very motivated. Then it just trickles down. Nobody can really behave like an ass. You know, you can't can't get away with it because the two people carrying the whole thing are such, you know, exemplary professionals. And so aside from their beauty and their sexiness and their, you know, fantastic you know, skills, they're they're great professionals. So it's a lovely environment to be in. And uh, we're about to go and shoot third season.
1: I know, congratulations, so
0: exciting. The yeah. only problem is my fat suit is, uh, it was hilarious for the first two weeks and then I sort of was moping around going, what happens to my character? Does he get on a treadmill at any point? Because this is not really, this is quite warm now. And, uh, and then Elle was pregnant in the second season, was kind of going, I don't know what you're moaning about all the time, you know, <laughs> so I couldn't really complain then. But yeah, it's it's great fun. It's kind of extraordinary, weird writing and strange piece.
1: I was sort of hoping that was a fat suit, Douglas. I have to tell you. Yeah,
0: yes, <laughs> yes. Not the uh, not the pandemic. Although I'm getting there with the pandemic, I have to say, it's very, very. Uh, you know, it's it's enticing to just eat more and more biscuits and cake and candies and uh, not and not worry about it because you just think, well, I'm wearing a fat suit. What does it matter? So um, no, yes, I shall have to get back to the gym when it opens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so now you're living in New York,
0: yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm mean, going to spend the the great shoots in England, so that's six months of the year in England. So uh, I do seem to have since I moved to New York, work be working mainly in Europe, more or less. Anyway, I mean, um, so yeah, I I am, and uh, I've been working shooting films here and then whizzing backwards and forwards whenever I can. And of course, with the pandemic, I mean, uh, the great took many more months than six after a while because of the stoppages and then you couldn't fly home because um, quarantining time it took and things like that. So I have, I've spent a lot of time in the last two years stuck in various hotels in Vancouver and in England and in, in America, but um, yeah, so I'm loving it.
1: Well, during that time, what sort of hobbies or tasks did you take on or perfect?
0: Well, because I'm an actor, I, you know, I'm very used to having hours of the day when I don't know if I'm working or not and um, not much to do. So I've sort of learned over all the years to be pretty good, pretty sort of self-motivated. But the main thing I did, I suppose, is I learned to oil paint. My wife brought me uh six lessons um remotely for a birthday present and i loved it and then the guy just carried on and said okay every couple of weeks i hooked you know went online and he gave me my lessons and then i was painting away like a madman so that's yeah being a real i don't think i would ever have done that without all the time at home so that's been an absolutely delightful addition to my life really not that I'm any good at it, but it's great fun.
1: <laughs> Are you painting people or inanimate objects?
0: I'm I'm painting, I've painted all the cars of the great. I'm painting <laughs> um I'm painting mainly old masters. So his sort of thing is, you know, he'll take a Titian or a, I don't know, an agris or I don't know, um Michelangelo or something like that or a Raphael and then say okay let's paint it and then I I do my terrible sort of stick insect version of the Raphael and, um, and that's the way I'm sort of learning through that old school thing but I'm also doing a course on anatomy in about two weeks time going to Columbia University where we're studying you know the inner sinews and tendons of cadavers and things like that which I don't quite know if I'll have the stomach for but anyway that's the part of the drawing training
1: well then you can ask your wife to model for you and there you yeah, go
0: she's <laughs> terrified that I've signed up for it she thinks why, why would I be interested in that but yeah it's all part of that sort of classical way to learn drawing but yeah
1: yeah So now living in New York City, who are you often recognized as when you leave the house and actually walk down the street?
0: (laughs) Well, the whole point of my career is not to be recognized by anyone at any point at anything. You know, I'm trying to do as many different. I mean, I've always been interested in not having that sort of baggage, really. I mean, I know it sounds sort of. Silly, but it's quite nice to be able to go and play, I don't know, something in The Undoing and then do The Great and then do Black Mirror and be playing very different people, you know, and and to not be bringing, oh, I'm just that look and that person all the time. So uh, hopefully that's a sort of moving target. (laughs) that people you know they can criticize one and then i'll be playing the other one before they'll um, but yeah so uh, i don't know luckily i don't get recognized as velamentov very much the day they go oh that's you i'll know i need to go on a diet
1: (laughs) (laughs) so what's coming up next for you
0: well about to start the great again um not until the but before that i've written a musical which is happening in the west end so um That's pretty major uh, use of my time, really. It's quite a a...
1: huge, huge.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is extraordinary. I've always sort of secretly written music for people and um, was commissioned by Regents Park Open Air to write the music and lyrics to a new production of 101 Dalmatians, which is a massive uh, puppet show, huge cast. and, uh, and um, it's, of course, the book is set in Regents Park. So it was sort of, they've been trying to get the rights. And that was three years ago I started on that. And we actually got to the first day of rehearsals. I heard my entire score sung, burst into tears, flew back to New York and they canceled the entire thing for COVID.
1: Oh no.
0: Then we waited a year, Uh, the whole cast were kept and honoured their parts and roles. And uh, everyone got, we got to January and uh, they just said, this is not going to happen. We're going to have a distanced audience. We can't make our money back. We're going to, you know, so they canceled it again. So third year running, opening night is August the third, I think, August the second. And tickets are being sold right now. And I'm, you know, getting more and more nervous, but uh, so it'll be a huge thing for me. Um, and it's been coming a long time. And um, yeah, so I've written all music and all the lyrics and Johnny McKnight has written the book. And of course it's a fantastic story. Um, so yeah, they're getting ready to start that. So before I start the great, that'll all happen.
1: So who's in that?
0: And- uh, Kate Fleetwood is playing Cruella. Oh. Um, and I can't, who's a sort of famous Lady M from the RSC. I don't think I'm allowed to announce everyone. I'm not sure. Um, and then there's a team, you know, because it's uh, mainly the dogs of puppets and uh, done by the gay, guy who did uh, War Horse.
1: Oh, uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful.
0: Yeah, so it's a, it's a very much an ensemble company. I don't think you know any famous actors. You know, it's not really a sort of, um, and it is even with, Cruella is sort of ensemble piece where the dogs, it's more to do with the dogs than the humans.
1: Do the dogs go out into the audience?
0: They do, yeah. Oh,
1: I have to come see.
0: You'll have to come and see it. They do, well, they do everything. It's quite magical. The first time I went to the first workshop and they went, okay, this is Purdy. And I was like, wow, incredible, incredible. And it's, it's, yeah, it's really, you know, those shows can be quite miraculous, you know, like moments of Lion King are kind of extraordinary. Even though you see who's doing it, you kind of believe in the whole thing. So it's been very, very exciting, yeah. And I've spent the last three years worrying and writing and writing at the piano. But,
1: um, and do you have sort of like a little picture of a dog for inspiration sitting there, or?
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been, I have been. Uh, my wife said I occasionally I'm sort of singing like this, you know, like I go, you know. But um, God knows the noises I must be making. But it's more or less ready now. So uh, they're now taking over it with design and choreography and that, and I'm just sort of sitting back. And feeling absolutely thrilled and, and touched by it. it's really rather moving to have some you know if, if you write a piece of music and 40 voices sing it in harmony it's really quite an extraordinary thing to live through you know so uh, yeah so I can't I'm hopefully this year COVID permitting we will third time asking open
1: yes yes well lots of wonderful things to look forward to I wish you all the best
0: thank you yeah yeah
1: And next time we'll have coffee in New York City again and meet in person. Wouldn't that be fun?
0: (laughs) I think that's gonna be possible soon. Once we get out of this winter and, uh, you know, and the latest variant subsides, I think we'll be, life is slowly coming back.
1: (laughs) It it, it is the winter of our discontent.
0: Yeah, it's so true.
1: (laughs) Don't ask me to do any other Shakespeare
0: yeah i don't put your hump on just to say that
1: yeah <laughs> uh well thank you for joining me this was fun
0: yeah lovely to see you again uh, and sorry i can't see you in person but um
1: we'll soon. all, all right. good things
0: okay thanks so much
1: all right take care i, I fell in love <sighs> you want to stay married don't let yourself fall in love with
0: someone else. Always news. Always refreshing. Always candid. A- always billing about. Robin Milling delivers what celebrities are saying to
1: you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office.